Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, trees and multiforms, it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast uh, that's here to put you to sleep, patrons. You support it and you enable me you make it possible. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside... Whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, changes in time or temperature or schedule. So anything on your mind that you're thinking about, anything you're feeling or coming up for you emotionally or physical sensations. But also, you know, you might work your second or third shift. You might be on call. You might have, you know, might, might have a lot of other stuff going on. Whatever it is, I'm here to take your mind off of that uh, and help you fall asleep. And and the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to um, create a safe place. I'm going to smooth it, uh, this safe place. I'm going to pat it. I'm going to rub it down. I'm going to say safe place. I'm making the motion with my hands of uh, smoothing and patting. Uh, you know, just like it, like it was a... You know, in a, a cushiony safe place. Uh, and we have plenty of plate. You say, well, I prefer a softer. I say, oh boy, I guess. So you want soft, medium, firm, soft, and firm? I got it all. You say, well, you, I don't need, you know, whether you prefer soft serve, hard serve, gelato, yogurt, uh, we got a safe place that metaphorically fits the, fits the bill. If you have a bill, like you're a duck-based being, like you're like related to Howard the Duck, or you know something else, uh, you know we have uh, we have plenty of we pl- we have plenty of places that are comfortable. Bill, you know bills are no bill. You know you say okay, I got a bill. I'm a platypus. I say well, you're in the right place because I got a holy mackerel. So whatever it is, I'm gonna the way I establish it though is what I really do is I send my voice across the deep dark night. I use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, which you've already heard. And you might be not sure about the creaky, dulcet tones, so give it a, give it a try. Uh, I'm going to also use, like, I have pointless meanders, uh, whatever those are called, pre-words, before words were formulated, back in the, um, what are they, the prime, you know, most of my brain is primordial soup. It's been identified recently. And so some of my words are primordial words. Uh, like, uh, see, that's not even, a, what kind of, uh, that's not a root, is it? It's more like, a, and I'd say, no, it's like clumps of dirt. Like, I don't even have, my, some of my words are not based on any roots. Uh, they're just, a, uh, you know, stuff like that. Primordial words, uh, or word fragments, I guess, in this case. Uh, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, I go off topic all the time. Uh, but all that is to kind of take your mind off stuff and help you fall asleep. Now, if you're new, quite a few things I want to let you know about to, 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 to establish some rapport, if possible. 
and start the process of me earning your trust, because that's really what my job is as bedtime storyteller. And this is asking you to participate in something that's a little bit different. So that's a few things. One, if you're skeptical or doubtful or unsure about this podcast or my voice or my manner, that is totally normal. I would say 95% of regular listeners had the same reaction you're having now. Because you might say, what's a creaky dulcet tone? Or you might say, "Who? how are you going to put me to sleep? Or when are you going to get to the point? Or what are you up to? Are you sure you know what primordial soup is? Or fragments or what? And I say, no, not really. I'm not sure about really anything except for my intention. Uh, which I'll kind of run through in a second. But first I got to go off topic. Well, I got to kind of stay on topic. So if you're doubtful, give the show a few tries. That's what millions of listeners have said. Well, it took two or three tries before I got used to the podcast. So you could just kind of see how it goes. Also, the podcast is not best. It's best consumed loosely or out of focus or barely listening. This is one of the few podcasts you don't need to listen to. You know, they they have this thing called active listening. Then you kind of have pretend active listening where you're kind of listening to something. In Sleep With Me's case, it's almost like reflective listening. You say, well, my, you know, not, not my brain's not necessarily calculating what you're saying, but I know your words are reflecting off my eardrums. So kind of just see how it goes. But don't you don't need to pay too much attention or if you're kind of waiting in wondering when things are going to get started, they probably will get barely started uh, at some point. Uh, but it's going to take a while because this is just uh, that's just part of the show, which I'll explain in more detail in a second. But the other thing is now there's a uh, every day there feels like there's more and more sleep podcasts or sleep solutions. And believe it or not, you know, I've been doing this show since 2013. This podcast is not really meant to put you to sleep. It's more here to keep you company as you fall asleep. My purpose is more to take your mind off of stuff so you can fall asleep, like to kind of clear off the old, uh, whatever, like clear off that thing and say, hey, you pay attention to me instead of paying attention to your brain, the old, uh, you know, the, the more feisty parts of your brain that come up at bedtime or feelings, or physical sensations. I'm here to distract you and keep you company. Be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar sib, your boar bestie. You know, if you're in San Diego, boar brah, uh, or, you know, wherever, if you're, you're you know, out there on, uh, you know, somewhere else where... Uh, so that's my job, is to keep you company as you drift off. Another thing that can throw new people off is the idea that uh, the podcast is structured very differently. So our show starts off with a few a, a welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, so that everybody knows they're welcome, they're seen, and my goal is to treat you all with dignity and respect. Then we have business, and that's how we're just able to, that's just the reality to bring you the show for free. And there's maybe, I don't know, just somewhere between two and eight minutes of business. Then there's an intro, which is around 12 to 20 minutes long. Sometimes people feel like that's business too, but it's really, there's no business. Uh, I, mean, I guess I'm in no business of doing podcast intros because our intro, you know, most intros you'd say, well, shouldn't an intro be like two minutes? 
And shouldn't you just get to the point? And I'd say, well, not necessarily. In a sleep podcast, what I've discovered is the intro gives you a chance to wind down. Now, there is 2% of listeners that skip ahead straight to the story. And then there's a couple thousand listeners that support the show on Patreon and listen to story-only episodes. But other than that, like uh, whatever the other couple hundred thousand people listen to the intro... And the way that kind of works is that uh, the idea of the intro is that as you become a regular listener, you see what works for you. Uh, but the, the intro is kind of supposed to be part of your wind-down routine, or that's what I discovered. So some people start it as they're getting ready for bed, and they're starting their wind-down routine or their bedtime routine or their skincare routine or stretching or journaling or knitting. You know, petting animals, doodling, quiet sitting. So you could kind of see, or some people start it when they get into bed and they're just getting comfortable and letting the day drift away. So the intro is your runway. For regular listeners, it's it's new because every intro is different, but it's also familiar because uh, my attempt to, to make the intro make sense uh is like it happens, it's happened, whatever, almost 900 times now. So then after the intro, there'll be some business. Then we'll talk about uh, an episode of Doctor Who, a David Tennant episode. And if you don't watch Doctor Who or you're a super fan or you never even heard of it or you're worried about spoilers, don't worry. My recap will be very sleepy and it might not make any sense to anybody. I mean, I'm sure even, I don't think I could confuse the doctor. I think the doctor would be able to figure, the doctor would probably just, uh, I I think me and the doctor would get along pretty good. You see, which doctor would you get along with best, Scoots? And I'd say, well, uh, uh, well, like, uh, I mean, they're all pretty cool, but, uh, well, I'm not covering Jodie Whittaker's doctor, you know, maybe uh, uh, we could see, we, but so... What was I saying? Sorry, I'm blushing now. Oh, but so what was I saying? Oh, this podcast doesn't make any sense. Oh, so we'll talk about Doctor Who, but in a very indirect way. And then there's some thank yous at the end of the show. So that's the structure of the show. You don't need to listen to it. No pressure to fall asleep. Now, the reason I make the show is because I've been there and I know how it feels in the deep, dark night, tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. All those things uh, happen for me. Waking up super early, waking up, you know, all that stuff I'm I'm familiar with and I know how it feels and I I don't want that for you. Or in some sense, I just don't want the, the dread that comes with that. I want to be able to create a situation where sleeping me becomes part of a routine with other cool stuff that, you know, we might looking at flowers or looking, you know, maybe you do some flower pressing or leaf pressing or something. And you start listening to sleep with me and you say, okay, well now at bedtime, I know I'm going to do some stretching, some quiet sitting. I'm going to get out my waxed paper and look or press a leaf or press a flower or look at a pressed leaf from, uh, you know, the autumn, and I'm going to listen to Scoots, that's not half bad. Uh, so it kind of interrupts that bedtime dread. Uh, the other reason I make the show is because I know, like, not only do I know how it feels, uh, but I believe you deserve a good night's sleep. 
And it might be harder for you to believe that. I mean, I mean, believe me, I know, but, uh, I believe that, uh, you, I know that I don't believe it. I know you deserve a good night's sleep. And I also know our world will be a better place. If you have a little bit of rest, if there's a little bit more rest and rested people in there, uh, people are going to flourish. So that's my goal. I just do it a little bit differently. So the main advice regular listeners give is give it a few tries and just see how it goes. There's really nothing to lose uh, except for a little bit of time. Now, some of you might already know that you don't like the show or you don't uh, enjoy me, and that's cool, too. I do have a site, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. You could check out as well. But I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you found your way to the show. I really hope I work really hard because I really want to help you fall asleep. So, again, I appreciate you coming by, and I hope I can help you fall asleep. And here's a couple of ways we're able to bring you this podcast uh, for free. All right, everybody, we're talking about uh, the latest episode, Doctor Who, uh, season three, the first episode, even though the, there was a special, this is the first episode of the season. And it's called Smith and Jones. It opens with the TARDIS and the visualizers. Remind me of the old iTunes uh, visualizers back in the day, long ago, or even before iTunes, I think. Uh, uh, we see a city. We see a, music, a woman. There's music playing. A woman, a familiar woman. We see, we see, I've seen her before. I mean, at least I have. I say, well, yeah, like, uh, I, I say, I've seen her before. Uh, she's very familiar and she's on the phone. Martha's her name. She seems to be talking to her like younger sister. They're planning a party. There's also like the sound of her ringtone is like the next in the U S there was a thing called Nextel uh, that had pushed to talk. It kind of sounds like that. The party planning is not going well. I think it's her brother's 21st birthday. Uh, but I'm not 100% po- positive about that. Uh, uh, what's way, let me see, 21st birthday. Uh, how do I do that? Tell him he can't bring your, oh, Annalise. There's something else. What's, uh, what's something, what's wrong with Annalise? Uh, the mom and Annalise don't get along is what's wrong with her. Uh, I just want to see what my thing, uh. Yeah, but the mom, the mom and Annalise aren't going to get it wrong. Annalise has, she calls her dad. Uh, at some point, the doctor walks up to her. Oh, and what does the doctor say? I couldn't figure that out. Uh, but she's playing in the party. The doctor walks up to her and says, "You see, or like so, you see." Uh, uh, let me see. Let me see what the um, like so. Yeah, like so. You see, he takes off his tie, shows her, and then just walks off. And, of course, she's very confused. He takes off his side. Did I say that? Also, there's a storm brewing in the air, uh, as usual. As Martha's going into a building, she gets bumped by a biker, motorcyclist, a very modern leather, like a uh, full leather bodysuit and uh, ma- a helmet on. Uh, safety first. She says, watch it. So we say, Martha stands up for herself. She goes to her locker. She puts on a lab coat. Uh, she notices some static uh, in the air. Uh, then we have the scene very reminiscent of uh, the idea of the movie Paper Chase, which I don't think I've ever, I, I think it's always been on my thing to see, and I've seen parts of it. And I also think it was a TV show, but the idea, or, or, um, 
the Prada, the uh, Diablo wears Prada or um, Whiplash. Uh, uh, but this is like more of a buffoon, this mentor, rude mentor uh, archetype. But this person's just more of a mansplainer, but he's, he has that uh, rude mentor archetype type thing going. More rude, though. Did I say that? He talks about salt. Uh, Hippocrates loves salt, he says. Uh, then we see there's two other bikers uh, visiting this workplace uh, in helmets. Uh, then they go in to check on Mr. Smith, John Smith, uh, who's the doctor. He's all cheery. Uh, let's see what they say. Uh, they say, how you doing? He goes, eh, I don't know. Uh, and they say, yeah, he's got a tummy ache. Uh, and they say, check him out. Martha tries to check him, but she says uh, she, she hears two heartbeats, you know. She also says, didn't I just see you outside? He goes, no, 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 no. And what did I do? She goes, uh, what, what was that? She, she, he goes, no, I've been in here the whole time. Uh, and she goes, well, that's weird. It looked like you. You got a brother? He goes, not anymore, just me. Then the mentor is still going on and on and on. Uh, more people are dealing with static. He says, yeah, the, then the mentor type says, his name's uh, something stern, of course. Uh, and he says, uh, Stoker? Stoker? Stoker Stern? Oh, Stoker, yeah. He says, yeah, storm's coming. Uh, uh, but, but, but the doctor talks about his time with Benjamin uh, Franklin, and they say, okay, maybe you should have somebody talk to you about that because uh, that doesn't seem possible. Uh, the doctor's all smiles all the time. You know how that is. Uh, uh, then we have uh, Martha in a break room. Oh, he says, my mate Ben. Uh, yeah, I held that kite with, uh, I flew that kite with uh, Benjamin Franklin. My mate, Ben. But Martha's in the break room. Her sister calls her about lunch. She's bringing lunch by. And uh, Martha says, I think Martha says, it's raining. And the sister says, no rain where I am. I'm just down the street, though. That's weird. Uh, And she goes, oh, there's a weird storm above your workplace. Uh, Martha also sees the doctor walking around in his robe. uh, wandering the halls. Martha goes to do more party planning for this party tonight. Uh, and then her coworker says, have you seen the rain? Uh, the rain, uh, it's going up. Uh, and Martha says, no, that's not possible. And then she says, uh, wait a second, it is possible because it is uh, going up. Uh, then it gets a bit bumpy. Uh, spoiler alert, because their entire building has become a ship. Uh, I believe, or it's just, it may be like uh, transporting or it's a ship. I'm not sure because they don't show that part. Uh, And after the turbulence, they're in the break room and they say, it's nighttime, Martha says. And they say, no, it's not possible. It was lunchtime, her and her coworker, but it's dark outside. Martha goes, it's not dark outside. We're on the moon. We're on the moon. She says, uh. It twice, uh, and then she says, we're on the bee, to the, she says, you know, a very harvest moon, we're on the harvest moon, which is the actual moon. Uh, so everybody's, everybody in the whole building 
uh, oh, and they are. Then they pull us back to see that they are on the moon. Uh, and, of course, then it goes to a commercial because you say, okay, they're on the moon, a work office building. Uh, is on the moon. So I say, well, that's strange. Uh, not not uh, something I'd consider possible. Uh, then we come back from the ad and everyone is looking out the window. They're at the Royal Hope uh, is where they work, uh, helping people hope for royal stuff. Uh, everyone's looking out the window. It's a little stressful because they say we're on the moon, unexpected. Uh, Martha's sister's back at, on Earth. She says there's a big hole. She calls Martha. There's a big hole where your office was. Uh, but, of course, Martha's not answering her phone. We see the TARDIS in the background. Uh, everybody's, yeah, again, a little bit running around saying, are we really on the moon or am I dreaming? We see the Earth in the background. Uh, Martha goes around. She takes control. You see, okay, this woman is very competent and uh, uh, self-aware. Uh, and she says, everybody get back to bed. Very professional. She says, we'll sort it out. Don't worry. I work here. You're all guests in the Hope, uh, Hope Pavilion. And uh, she says, she looks out again. She says, it's real. Uh, it's real. Let's see. Where did she say that? I was just looking up the notes. Uh, uh, she gets her back to bed. She looks at the real. She goes, it's real. It's really real. Hold on. Uh, and then they look out the windows, her and her coworker, and they say, okay, well, how is this possible, though, that we're on the moon because we're not in a spaceship? And she goes, well, because Martha wants to open the windows. And she, she goes, woman, other woman says, don't open the windows. We're in space. Martha says, yeah, but the windows aren't airtight. Then the doctor says, well, holy cow, that's a great point. Uh, uh, he rolls up behind them. He says, Joan, was it Martha Jones? Uh, he goes, so is this possible? And then uh, the other person says, no, not possible. And the doctor says, okay, never mind. Martha, he goes, any balcony or veranda? She says, yeah, out back. Uh, he goes, you want to go outside? She goes, okay. He goes, uh, might be, you know, might be strange. She goes, might not be strange. And the doctor says, leave your, pay, leave your co-worker behind because they're not uh, up to speed with us. Uh, then they go out on a balcony on the moon. Martha goes, holy cow, how does that work? Doctor goes, just be glad it's working. She goes, I got to go to a party tonight. And the doctor goes, you're, are you okay? She goes, okay. He goes, are you sure? She goes, yeah. And she, he goes, you want to go back inside? She goes, well... I mean, it's strange, but she goes, it's also beautiful. And the doctor goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, yeah, I mean, how many people want to go to the moon and we're here? So I say, wow, this is an impressive person. And the doctor has some great lines. Standing in the earth light. Uh, and then he pulls up a card. She goes, what do you think? And the doctor goes, what do you think? And she says, well, it's got to be extraterrestrial because everything else, she's been aware of everything that's been happening. Unlike in the last episode where people were, uh, had too much cognitive dissonance. Uh, and then she talks about her cousin, Adiola, who worked at Canary Wharf, uh, who we know from the cyber people. And doctor says, yeah, I was there. Uh, and she goes, listen, Mr. Smith, if we can get to the moon, we can get home. I'll find a way. And he goes, well, I'm not Mr. Smith. And she goes, who are you then? He goes, I'm the doctor. She goes, well, I'm working on that myself. Uh, and she goes, what is it, Dr. Smith? He goes, no, just the doctor. 
She goes, what do you mean, just the doctor? She goes, just the doctor. And she goes, people call you the doctor. And he goes, yeah. And she goes, well, you're going to have to earn that. And the doctor says, okay, I'll try to do that. I can, I could try to do that. He throws a pebble uh, off the balcony, hits a force field. Uh, and she goes, okay, like a bubble. Uh, she goes, well, that means we have a ticking clock then. And he goes, we certainly do have a ticking clock now for this episode. And she goes, Who's, uh, who would do something? And then we see these spaceships come in. Heads up, the doctor says. They're like tube-like spaceships. They fly in vertical tubes, uh, and then they come in and land. Everyone's looking out the window saying, what in the heck? Uh, Martha says, aliens. They're aliens, real proper aliens. The doctor says, they're Jadun is their name. Uh, they do They do a lot of marching off their ship. Uh, they're wearing a lot of leather, a lot of leather in this episode. Then we have Mr. Stoker. I think he's in his office, uh, and a, a woman comes in. She goes, can you help me? He goes, yeah, well, I need help. I want to retire. Uh, I was going to retire in Florida, and now we're on the moon. And she goes, I could uh, use some help, Mr. Stoker. Uh, and he goes, no, I don't think so. And she goes, well, he goes, she, he goes uh, is there anything else I can help you with? She goes, yes, yeah, straws. I need straws. Uh, and he goes, well, how, straws are property of the hospital. You give one straw per drink. She goes, no, I need more. I'd like to have two straws. And he says, absolutely not. Uh, but then we realize the biker is with, the bikers are with her. So they say, we'll take as many straws as we want. Uh, and she goes, by the way, you were right about Hippocrates and salt. Uh, and she has some good lines here. She says, geez, doctor, you know, someone that's hoarding straws, uh, is a little bit strange, you know, when you've, uh, you know, drink all these vintage wines and have Michelin star sauces. Uh, and uh, she goes, we'll be taking as many straws as we like, by the way. Uh, then we go to another commercial on that because you say, bum, 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 total chaos. Now they're on the moon and people are just taking as many straws as they want. Uh, I think even Mr. Stoker's like, what are you going to use them at home? People don't really use straws at home except for people that do. And he goes, you just buy, he goes, it's more convenient to, wouldn't you want a higher quality straw anyway? But that doesn't take place. Uh, Then we see uh, marching leather. These beings are marching, they're marching in leather. People are a little bit like, what's going on? Because there's big boots and marching. They're in the waiting room. Also, they have, like, superhero abs, whoever these people are, which we find out immediately they're rhinos, humanoid rhinos, Jadun, as we said. Uh, there's also a rhyme. Where uh, is it? Rhinos with abs. That's not the rhyme. Doctor says something. They march in. Uh, people say, oh, let's see. Also, where is it? Uh, they pass in. Blow so full though no crow blow cost so row. That's uh, what the first Jadun says. Then they figure out how to talk English with their like translator, and they say, "Hey, we're just here to catalog. We're, we're actually we're uh, a catalog. Like we're doing a catalog of everything that's in here." Every piece of you know every person. We're just simply like a librarian inventory specialists and so they say we're going to take a status of everything 
And then there's a call back to another episode because the doctor and Martha are looking down at this. The doctor goes, oh, you got a little shop there. I like a little shop, which in another episode he said, there's no shop in this place. Uh, Martha says, who are the Jadun? He says, well, they're kind of accountants, inventory specialists, librarians, uh, but they're very authoritative. Uh, and she goes, why the moon? He goes, neutral territory. Uh, they can't do anything on Earth. Uh, so they came here to kind of, you know, run their whatever you call that, accounting. She goes, accounting of finance? He goes, no, 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 like everything, every person and thing here, they just want to get it under, you know, cataloged. Uh, uh, he goes, but they're looking for something like out of order, probably someone that's taking more than their allotted share, either someone that works here, or the stoker, or this woman, I'll just tell you, you know. Yeah, but the doctor is, like, always impressed with Martha, so he keeps giving her these looks, uh, and the Jadun keep looking around. They see, that's it, we're just here to catalog, so no reason to be stressful. Except for one guy says, catalog this, and he smashes a vase for some reason. And they say, well, you're going to have to pay for that, man. Uh, then the doctor and Martha are trying... Uh, let's see, You've, oh, they use a UV scanner. They have very nice teeth, these Jadoons. They use Sharpies. When you've been cataloged or something that's been cataloged, you get an X on it, which doesn't seem like the most, I guess it seems like on your hand, or I guess they use a smaller X on items. Yeah, they say, prepare to be cataloged, vase breaker. Justice is swift, he says, for vase breakers, uh, full pay. Doctor tries to scan a computer with a sonic screwdriver. She goes, what? He goes, a sonic screwdriver. She goes, what? He goes, no, screwdriver that's sonic. Uh, she goes, what do you got, a laser spanner? And he goes, I did, but I was taken by Emily Pankhurst. Uh, anyway, Jadun locked down the computers. Uh, he goes, this is so weird. He goes, I knew there was something going on at this building, but I thought it was inside and not uh, that the building was going to get transported. And she goes, well, what are they looking to catalog? He goes, probably someone taking more than the allotted thing. I thought Scoots covered it. Uh, and he goes, it wouldn't be a human because uh, humans, you know, he goes, uh, he goes, it's some other uh, being that's not supposed to be here and not supposed to be taking things. And he goes, the problem with that is the whole, the whole office could get blamed because, you know. And she goes, well, we better figure something out then. Uh, she goes, let's talk to, I'll go talk to Mr. Stoker because he's the boss. Uh, see if he knows what's happening. She goes into his office and the bikers are there and the straw lady. And it turns out Stoker one was had a lot of straws in his desk. So they were collecting his personal straw collection so the bikers, she says, Martha's caught me straw-handed. So the bikers run after Martha. Martha bumps into the doctor. Doctor and Martha hold hands, that old hold-hand running thing. Uh, they run from the bikers. Rhinos are on the stairs grunting. There's run, run, run music. Uh, then the doctor says, okay, well... I think it like, uh, he goes, I got an idea. He goes, well, he goes, I think because of the way their bicycle helmets are, they're polarized. And he goes, they have a special, he goes, there's a special flash cameras in this room and it'll confuse a biker. So they do that. It actually confuses a biker that comes in. Doctor says 5,000% higher flash. Uh, so that, that biker just goes, I got to go home. 
But the doctor goes, I also, like, uh, got to get the flat. Like, uh, he shakes his shoe off because he says, you know, I'm a doctor. I got flat. Like, I'm the doctor. So I got to sh- get this flash energy out into my shoe. He does this funny dance. Martha says, you're completely mad. And he goes, you're right. I better take both my shoes off. Uh, and he says, barefoot on the moon. I love that line. And Martha says, what's up with these bikers? He, she, he goes, they're not human, a slab, a solid leather. Uh, uh, they say, Martha goes, well, it's Miss Finnegan, I think. That was the one taking all the straws. Uh, doctor's broken his uh, sonic screwdriver. And Martha goes, one of the people the, taking the straws, the doctor goes, what about my sonic screwdriver? She goes, she was taking all the straws. He goes, my sonic screwdriver? And he tosses it, uh, and he goes, you called me doctor. And she goes, anyway, Miss Finnegan, she's the one taking the straws, not human. Uh, doctor goes, huh, so she's trying to hide out and take the straws. Interesting. Uh, internal, like, she's probably going to hide the straws, uh, uh, but still get cataloged, and she does, uh, and she gets a human, uh, marked as human, Miss Finnegan. Uh, we go to another commercial uh, after that. Uh, so already, like, this is a really enjoyable uh, thing. I'm watching this on BBC America, so I do have to fast, like, uh, jump through the commercials here. But I really like the, this, and then yeah, by the end of this episode, there's great, great chemistry. Or maybe I just feel like I have chemistry with Martha, and then I'm projecting it, which is possible. Uh, so we see one of the other biker in the hall looking around, marching, arms out, uh, really doing some stern walking. Uh, Dr. and Martha are ha- hanging out. Uh, Doctor goes, that's the thing about slabs, they travel in pairs. Martha goes, what about you? He goes, what about me? What? She goes, don't you have a partner or something? Backup? Uh, I, I love this little, that little tease there. And he goes, oh, humans, you know, we're on the moon and you want to ask me personal questions. And she goes, I don't believe that you're not human anyway. Then the, 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 they'd been so distracted that uh, one of the rhinos is there, he busts them. And he scans the doctor. He goes, you're not human. And we're looking for non-humans connected, looking for straws. Uh, so we're going to have to check you. And then the doctor and Martha, they take off running because they, they say, well, we got to solve this procedure because there's a ticking clock. Uh, and the rhino goes, non-human. Uh, so they run in the door, lock the door. There's a lot of people getting tired because they said, this looking at the moon took a lot out of me. So everybody else is running out. Doctor goes, well, we've already been on the, the Jadun already checked this floor. They're logical and somewhat dense. So I don't know if they're going to come back here. Uh, hopefully. And they go, how much time is on the ticking clock? Doctor goes, not much. Uh, he goes, Martha, how are you feeling? She goes, I'm running on adrenaline. Doctor goes, welcome to my world. And they go, let's go to Stoker's office, which they do next. Uh, uh, they see Stoker, and they say, okay, well, like, uh, he goes, this is a straw, st- 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 you know, straw collector, clearly from the straw collection. Uh, so she's been collecting straws from other places. That's why the um, Jadun are here. 
to put a stop to it. But he goes, she's clever. She's undercover. Clever as me, almost. Uh, then they go out in the hall, and the doctor says, because uh, uh, the, the, the rhinos are still coming, and uh, the rhinos are looking for him. He goes, Martha, I need you to buy me some time. Hold them up. She goes, how do I do this? He goes, just give me, he goes, this is going to be a big move. He goes, but it means nothing, honestly nothing. And he gives her a kiss that made my, it really curled my toes. Uh, and, and look at Martha's face, and she goes, That's, that was nothing? Oh, boy. Holy moly. So there's a make-out. Uh, then the doctor does this Fletch thing. He goes into the room. Uh, some good comedy. He goes in the room that uh, Miss Finnegan's in because she's trying to make a straw transporter to transport all the straws off-world, off-moon. But she doesn't care. She wants to get away from the Jadoon, get away with the straws. Uh, and uh, she doesn't care about any consequences for, you know, humanity or whatever. Uh, so doctor, but the doctor doesn't, he plays dumb. So he goes, hey, there's like these rhinos, ma'am, because she's dressed as a human. Uh, and he goes, they're from outer space. He goes, do you know we're on the moon uh, with rhinos? Uh, he goes, I was here for bunion repair. And he goes, uh, he goes, really nice. He goes, I love this place. Royal Hope, they should say, you know, that's a perfect name for this. And he goes, and we're on the moon with rhinos. And Florence says to the other biker, can you check him for straws? Uh, also, I might need his clothes to go undercover as him. Then we see the rhinos looking. Martha stands in their way. And she goes, I know where the person that has the straws is. They scan her. They go, wait, human? No, wait, non-human, non-human element. Uh, let's do a, a full scan. Who are you? What are you? Uh, then they go back to the doctor. He's still playing dumb. He goes, what are you, he goes, what are you doing? Trench transport straws? He goes, this is some sort of Tesla coil. She goes, yeah, kind of. Uh, she goes, it's strong, though. I'm going to send these straws off world. Uh, 250,000 miles away, but it will disrupt everything in that vicinity. She goes, but, uh, yeah, I got to get off here. Uh, uh, so, uh, I'm going to get out of here really quick, but the rhinos will probably be mad. And the doctor goes, okay, I'm just a post person, you know, with bunions, uh, she goes, I don't know. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, well, I'm going to fly one of the spaceships, uh, and he goes, well, that's weird. Are you some sort of alien? And she goes, yeah. And he goes, no, you don't look like that. You're joshing me. She goes, uh, I'm not kidding. Uh, he goes, uh, I'm talking to an alien. That's the coolest thing. She goes, yeah, it's the perfect way to hide straws. You know, pretend you're human. Humans have more straws for some reason. And he goes, the rhinos are looking for you. She goes, yeah, but... Uh, and then he does a double dum dum. He goes, oh, wow. He goes, oh, no wonder. He goes, they said they're going to level two scanning. And she goes, oh, boy. Well, then I definitely better take your clothes because I got to pretend I'm human. I better pretend I'm another human other than me. And the doctor says, well, what, would you like to have cake with my wife and I first? Uh, and she goes, well, uh, well, I have straws. Uh, why would I have cake? And he goes, well, I could, we could have banana milkshakes. Uh, and she goes, you're funny, uh, and I think uh, you're laughing on purpose. Uh, why don't you take a nappy-poo? 
and uh, with my biker friend here, why check you for straws and take your clothes and go undercover? And then they go to an ad. And, uh, yeah, we're like about 44 minutes in the show with the ads. Uh, of 106 minutes of my recording on BBC America. And I think this, I guess this is going to go to HBO Max, all of these, but I don't know what the date, dates of any of that are. Uh, so let's see, Martha gets confirmed as human. Then they give her, uh, like this readout, uh, that says you'll need this. And they say, she says, well, for, and they say compensation, but it's written an alien readout. Uh, she's confirmed as human. Uh, then, uh, oh, the, but she's had facial contact with an alien. Uh, then the rhinos come into the room that, uh, whatever, Miss Harrington's in or whatever, Florence, uh, and they say, what's going on in here? Uh, they say case closed. I think that was with Martha though. Uh, and they say, oh, this guy's asleep. Uh, and Martha goes, yeah, but he was, he's not supposed to be asleep. Uh, and Martha goes, she's the one that's a straw alien straw thief. And the woman goes, no, I'm not Look at, I'm in a suit. And, uh, Martha goes, and why do you have bare feet? If you're in a suit, uh, the doctors, that's the doctor's suit. And he goes, that's why the doctor's on the floor in a rat robe and a pink, uh, gown, nightgown. But the rhinos don't realize that it, it's, these aren't the, like, normal clothes of the tradition. And she goes, she's not, she's just taking his clothes. She's not human. And they go, no, no, no. And then so she scans her with the scanner, and it says not human, of course. Uh, and they, she says, oh, yeah, that's, she goes, I'm not. And they go, no, no, you're the straw person. Actually, and we're here because you took all the straw, straws from the child princess of part, part, Part of all Regency Nine, and she says, "Well, you know, she had too many straws: pink cheeks, blonde curls, a simpering voice, uh, and all straws she could have wished." I was jealous, and I'm still jealous. Uh, and then she says, "Slab, deal with this biker slab." And then biker slab is out, uh, uh, quick justice style. Then Florence says, by the way, this thing that I'm using to transfer the star, uh, straws is going to mess everything else up. Uh, so you're toast. Then they send uh, the, uh, her off, uh, off world. Uh, case closed. Uh, overload. They say case closed evac. Uh, we're getting out of here then. If you're going uh, to, your straw transfer is going to mess everything up of human straws. We just want to take care of the princess's straws anyway. You know, but we follow the trail of straw thieving here. And uh, Martha says, you got to help us. And they go, no, no, we're getting out of here. Jurisdiction, jurisdictions ended. Uh, and she goes, you can't leave. And they say, yeah, let's withdraw. Uh, then everybody's very, very tired. Martha's like, "This, you can't leave us here. You got to be kidding me." Uh, let's see what else. Uh, so tired. Everybody's so tired. Uh, uh, oh, we see Martha. Uh, she kisses the doctor back, uh, uh, and we see the, the big X on her hand. Uh, 
Once she kisses the doctor, she, they both are very tired, but the doctor still comes back. He, he tries to shut down the straw transfer, uh, but he has no sonic screw, screwdriver. But because of constraints, he goes, oh, I could just unplug it. Uh, uh, then he carries Martha off uh, as the tube ships take off. Uh, and then he says, I hope they're going to reverse this thing. Like, uh, like because if they don't, then... Uh, you know, like uh, they should, which they do. And then it starts raining in reverse or raining on the moon. Uh, there's a flash and they go back to, to normal Earth. Uh, everybody's waiting there. So the building just reappears and everybody comes out. It gets hugs. Everybody's happy. Martha's sister's there. Hugs her. Uh, what does that say? I think they go right back into party planning or something. I'll have to read that. But we see the doctor waves goodbye to her. Yeah, there's also other people, like, bragging. Uh, uh, yeah, and they say, okay, uh, everybody's, oh, mom and daddy, yeah, we're wanting to know what's going on, what happened. So, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, oh, Martha looks, yeah, the doctor waves goodbye. Martha looks, and then Martha looks again. The TARDIS is gone. Then we go to another commercial. Uh, so, and we come, when we come back, Martha's getting ready for the party. And uh, she's just she's getting in her party gear. And uh, she's listening to the radio, where someone on the radio is talking about how we're not alone. Uh, you know, ro- reports coming in. Uh, we got one of the interns talking that there's a know-it-all. But they say, I think uh, Mr. Saxon is right. Uh, we're not alone. There's life out there, wild and extraordinary life. Uh, and then we see the moon in a really cool shot because it looks like it's a sky shot of the moon. It's really the moon reflected in a puddle. The Anna Elise sets steps in the puddle. We see a lot of discord from the party. Everyone, No one's happy. Everyone, interpersonal drama. Between Annalise, everybody, you know, except for Martha's trying to make peace. And her younger sister's just trying to get, say, geez, the DJ's going to play some good songs. Let's get back to the party. Quizmania. Because, uh, oh, Annalise also doesn't believe that Martha was on the moon. Uh, yeah, they also say, geez, what do you, like, uh, you know, Annalise can't even handle Quizmania. That's what the sister says. Uh, everybody storms off and, uh, Oh boy, is the next five minutes uh, fun and wild. Uh, we see the doctor smiling. He's leaning up against a wall. And Martha, like, turns her head, and the doctor makes, he does make this kind of seductive come along look, more of a fun seduction. And he slinks into, like, an alleyway. Uh, she follows, and then when she comes into the alley, he's like kicking back on the TARDIS. Uh, new shoes, white, white uh, all stars on. And uh, he, let's see, let me look at the the thing. She says, "I went to the moon today," and he goes, "Yeah, a bit more peaceful than that party." She goes, "Who are you?" He goes, "The doctor," and she goes, "Like what species?" Uh, you know, I don't get to ask a lot of that. Uh, he goes, "Time Lord." She goes, oh, that's not pompous at all. And he goes, well, I thought since you, you know, you really helped me out and you got a sonic screwdriver, which needed road, tra- road testing, you might want to trip. Uh, 
And he goes, she goes into space. He goes, well, and she goes, well, I can't. I got exams, rent, uh, and my family. And the doctor goes, well, I can travel in time as well. And she goes, nah, it, get out of here. He goes, well, I can. And she goes, come on. And he goes, I can prove it. Uh, so he goes back in the TARDIS. It goes. And then Martha's kind of like, what the heck? Then it comes back. Uh, and the doctor comes out. He's holding his tie from the morning. And he goes, told you so. And she goes, but that was the morning. And she goes, oh, wait, you did travel in time. Why didn't you tell me anything? And he says, well, crossing, crossing into established events is forbidden, except for, you know, doing funny stuff, little stuff like this, flirty stuff. And she says, well, that's your spaceship. He goes, TARDIS, uh, time and relative dimension in space. Uh, and she's like, on the outside of TARDIS, she goes, this is made of wood. It's a spaceship. Uh, and then she goes, well, there can't be much room in there. It'd be a little bit intimate. And the doctor goes, well, take a look. Uh, he didn't say take a look in a book, uh, Butterfly in the Sky. but <laughs> And uh, she looks in the TARDIS. She goes, no, 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 no. Uh, and she goes, this is just a box, but how, how is it like, how's it like that? Uh, she goes, how does it do that? It's a wood. It's just a box uh, with a room inside. And he goes, she goes, it's bigger on the inside, which I think someone else has said. And then the doctor says, uh, is it? I hadn't even noticed. And then he kind of closes the door behind her and he says, okay, well, uh, what do you say we get going? Uh, and she goes, well, is there a crew, like a navigator? Uh, where is everybody? Doctor goes, just me. She goes, all on your own, eh? And he goes, well, sometimes I have guests. I mean, friends, uh, totally friends, you know, friends like Rose, uh, Rose. Uh, he goes, we were together. And so anyway, and Martha says, where is she now? Doctor goes, totally with her fam, you know, kicking it. Uh, Got back together with her ex, maybe I don't know. Uh, he goes, not that you're, not that, not that you're replacing her. And Martha goes, never said I was. Uh, and Doctor goes, yeah, just one trip, period. Then I bring you back home. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be on my own. And then there's such good act. I mean, the, the chemistry between the actors is uh, like uh, she goes, well, you're the one that kissed me. The doctor goes, well, that was a genetic transfer. And she goes, and you, 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 if you wear a tight suit, and I said, whoa, whoa, wait a second, am I reading this? Like, I literally was sweating. And she goes, you travel across the universe to ask me on a date? And the doctor goes, stop it. And she goes, for the record, not interested. I only go for humans. And the doctor goes, good, let's get out of here. He goes, grand, gravic anomalizer, helmet regulator, handbrake, uh, you ready? He gets that look on his face. She goes, no. And then they start to go, but of course it doesn't go smooth, like everything. You could blind me a bit bumpy, Martha says. And the doctor says, welcome aboard, Miss Jones. And she says, it's my pleasure, Mr. Smith. Okay, so a couple of things I looked up. Quizmania is a British, according to Wikipedia, it's a British interactive game show designed by Chuck Thomas, Debbie King, and Simone Thorogood. Uh, it uh, was on the air August 2005 to March 2006, December 2005, January 2007. Uh, similar to other premium line call-in shows, uh, it use a premium number to provide a quiz question or answer it. Uh, 
Its last ever broadcast was January uh, 2007 with Greg Scott and Debbie King. Let's see, in background, in 2003, working for E4 uh, uh, as an anchor presenter, uh, Debbie King, on another German quiz show called Nine Live, uh, uh, pitched it in the U.K., it was produced as Bowling for Bucks. Uh, uh, then they were commissioned to create a show called Quizmania, uh, a five-hour slot on uh, satellite channel Information TV. And then after nine months, it was picked up by ITV for their nighttime slot. Wow, that's cool. Uh, original run was broadcast from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., uh, in order to win money, it costs 75p to call in from a BT landline, up from 60p. And if you were successful, you were uh, put on hold, transferred to the studio, and if selected, you went on the show to deliver answers. You could win uh, uh, 50 to 25,000 pounds, uh, and then once there was 100,000 pounds as a prize, they gave away 1.2 million pounds. Uh, in the first two weeks, ended in 2007, revived uh, with a different uh, format. Uh, but in 2007, and I think there's shows about this, uh, that these shows weren't properly audited. And uh, so so maybe, I don't know, maybe there's something coming out. I don't know if it's about this show or something else. I did know I saw a preview somewhere or something. Okay, Sharpie is a, a permanent marker. Uh, it uh, has been widely expanded, and uh, now it was like a brand for non-permanent markers and other things. Uh, but it was originally a name designating a permanent marker, launched in 1964. Uh, and it be also became the first pen-style permanent marker. Uh, it also makes a popular highlighter brand, uh, Accent, uh, which was repositioned under the Sharpie brand name. There's also Sharpie Minis. Uh, they've sponsored, sponsored racing. Uh, yeah, they've had many famous people. Uh, it's hard to get it off, uh, but uh, it's because it's supposed to be a permanent marker. Uh, a dry erase marker may be used uh, successful in removing Sharpie ink by covering it using three to four pen strokes, according to this. Uh, uh, also, uh, uh, T.O. made uh, the, like a famous by Sharpie by signing it, uh, uh, signing a football during a game. Uh, let's see. I want to look up uh, joshing me. Uh, let's see. What is this? this is from True West Magazine. I'm just joshing you. Uh, truestmagazine.com. This is from October 19, 2017. Marshall Trimble uh, says that the origins go back to 1883 when the U.S. unwittingly introduced a new liberty in nickel. Uh, the face on one side was the goddess of liberty. On the reverse, it had the Roman numeral five. Uh, and instead of the usual five cents, this opportunity provided people to, uh, oh, because the coin looked a little bit like a $5 gold piece. Uh, 
So if someone was caught, they'd say, all you had to say was like, I was just joking or pulling your leg. I don't know, I wonder if this is true. And then one of these famous people that was doing this was Josh Tatum, uh, who did this. Uh, so, uh, oh, interesting. I'm going to have to reach out and see if there's any podcast episodes about that. That's really, really interesting. Uh, this episode took place on the moon, which uh, is thought to have been formed 4.51 billion years ago, according to Wikipedia, fifth largest satellite in our solar system, uh, second densest satellite in, among what uh, satellites' densities are known. Uh, the moon might have been left over from a bump with, that Earth took with somebody else. Uh, it's in synchronous rotation with Earth, uh, so we always see the same side of the moon. Uh, because of lib- liber- li- liberation, uh, slightly more than half of the lunar surface can be uh, viewed from Earth, 59%. And the side we see is marked by, you know, a lot of stuff that went on on Earth, uh, I mean on the moon. Second brightest celestial object visible in Earth's sky. Its surface is actually dark, but compared to the night sky, it's bright. Uh, when it has a reflectance, uh, oh, its reflectance is just a higher than worn asphalt uh, and has gravi- gravitational influence. Uh, its orbital distance is about 384,000 kilometers or 238,000 miles, uh, 1.28 light seconds. Uh, so what would they say? 250,000 miles away, yeah, in the episode. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else interesting about the moon. The uh, Luna was used in scientific writing uh, to, know, to personify the Earth's moon. Cynthia is another poetic name for the moon. Selene is the Greek goddess of the moon. Uh, the English ag- adjective pertaining to the moon is lunar. Uh, from the Latin word for moon, Luna. Uh, the adjective Selenian is derived from the Greek word of the moon, Selene, S-E-L-E-N-E, which describes the moon as a world rather than an object in the sky. Uh, now, Selenic uh, used to be a synonym, and now it refers to the chemical element selenium. The Greek word for the moon does provide us with the prefix selino, selino, as in seleniography, the study of the physical features of the moon and the and selenium. Uh, the Greek goddess of wilderness and hunt, Artemis, was equated, equated, was equated with the moon. Diana, who uh, was one of the symbols, the moon was one of her symbols. Uh, and she was a goddess of the moon, also called Cynthia, from her birthplace, Mount Cynthius. Uh, and those also have something to do with uh, different types of lunar orbits. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think anything else. This is all from Wikipedia. I mean, the moon rules. I mean, definitely. Let's see. Compounds in the moon. Uh, silica, alumini, alumina. Lime, iron oxide, magnesia, titanium dioxide, and sodium oxide are what uh, make up the surface of the moon. You know, like uh, you know, there's so much about the moon. Obviously, we could talk more about it at another point. 
you know, but for this show, Moon is associated with uh, bedtime and uh, good nights.